I believe there is more to a TV show than the series alone. Watch any related works and you can see the echoes of all its creators, stars, and fans. Long after we have finished, down below will be here, ready for new listeners to enjoy. Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will, and uh, it's just me uh, <laughs> this week. Um, Ian may be joining us soon, but if not, you may hear some comments from him inserted later into the show. And Heidi and Beth can't be here, but I think they'll be recording something separately to be released next week. But... I'm pleased to be joined by a return guest. It is Shane. Good evening, everyone. Or good morning. <laughs> or good night. Depending what time you're listening or, to this. Or good afternoon. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Shane, yeah, thanks for joining us for the beginning where it all began. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> bear with me one moment, Will. Okay. We've got a thunderstorm outside. Oh, well. Yeah. So if you hear a lot of banging, you, you might be able to hear the rain in the background. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> we had birds in one episode, so the rain will be coming <laughs> just like the birds. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> so today we're here to discuss the Babylon 5 movie in the beginning, but first, an ISN special report. Maybe. <laughs> you may hear an ISN special report after this. <laughs> This is your brand new audio ISN News, set up in the wake of the Membari War. As we continue to mourn the losses at the Battle of the Line, the President today announced that in conjunction with the Membari and other races, a new programme for peace is formed and spearheading this is the construction of a deep space station, codename Babylon. This station is designed to bring races together to forge peace and to prevent another tragic war. But many argue that you cannot make peace with an enemy such as the Membari. Only time will tell. Are you troubled by the strange ending to Sherlock? Do you experience feeling of dread while waiting for Doctor Who to return? Have you or your family actually seen Orphan Black, Person of Interest, or Sleepy Hollow? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Log in to the home of all things geek, the Earth Station One Network. Our podcasts are on call 24 hours a day to serve all your geek needs. The ESO Network will be right there. We're ready to geek out with you. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. So in the beginning, originally aired January 4th, 1998. This was their first TNT production. It was directed by Mike Vahar, who I believe last directed um, the one where Sheridan gets captured, Face of the Enemy. 
and it was written by JMS. <laughs> yeah, and what were you doing at this time in your life? Oh, right, yes. <laughs> well, this was, I guess, this my second semester, my freshman year of college was about to begin, so I guess we were just wrapping up Christmas break and heading back to school, not too far from getting my roommate, because... I had a roommate that first week in August, but he uh, joined a fraternity and went to live with his fraternity brothers, and I didn't have a roommate again until February. And I kind of liked living alone, but kind of um, hated the idea of getting a roommate, but ended up being a good guy. Uh, got into a lot of bad vices with him, like drinking and smoking. <laughs> but, yeah, but I don't smoke anymore. Um, well... Not cigarettes, at least. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. We'll, 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 we'll stop before you get into trouble with the law. No, it's legal here in Oregon. Oh, is it? Okay, then. Yeah, marijuana's legal here. Um, and now, just a few weeks ago, edibles became legal in Oregon, so... Oh, okay. I did not know that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have fun in Portland. Okay, anyway, so apparently TNT asked them for a prequel. I guess this was a way to get potentially new viewers caught up on the series. I remember reading at some point that TNT really wanted a sci-fi series, so that's why they picked up Babylon 5 and brought it back from cancellation. Cool. They haven't really had a lot of sci-fi series since then. They had Fallen, Fallen Skies. Can't really think of anything else they've had since then. I've been trying to find a UK air date, but I can't seem to find one. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, so this was with TNT. This was, I guess, the first time that everyone in the States, at least, was seeing everything at the same time. It's not in syndication anymore. And the commentary for this is a bit spoiler. They talk a lot about season five and some stuff that happens in the uh, movies. Oh, interesting, interesting. I I never actually bought this on DVD. I've still got the VHS, though. Oh, wow, (laughs) really? Yeah. Is it it like multiple... um, tapes is that how they do it when you have like a long movie no just just the one tape oh just one okay the one tape oh yeah i guess that's true movies did come on one tape (laughs) it's been so long since i've had a vhs nutty was asking a question the other day like what's the last vhs you watched i actually couldn't remember may have been the phantom menace i think but anyway anyway yeah okay (laughs) sorry tangents are fine um so the movie begins with a little blurb from Delin and Jakar talking about the Earthman Bari War and how it brought about B5. And then we're on the Centauri homeworld about 16 years in the future and it's on fire. Yeah. Children looking out the window even though they're not supposed to. And we see Emperor Lando. He says it's okay. And he, um, Makes the little girl emperor. Well, not really, but you know, tells her that she can be emperor for a day and gets one order. And so she wants him to tell them a story and want it to be a true story about war and heroes and great deeds and whatnot. So Lando's going to give it to him. Yeah. And my memory is not right at a lot of this because I thought the whole thing with Lando telling the kids a story happened in a call to arms. Oh, okay. Well. We've well, we've pretty much spoiled the names of all the movies. So I thought okay, it happened in that okay, one. Yeah. But no, it's in this one. Um, apparently, the kids were really good to work with. <laughs> I said on the commentary, uh, Lando was there at this dawn of the third age, which he's you know this going back to his uh, monologue in 
the gathering. And so this story begins 35 years ago. So on the commentary, the hard part of this was making everyone look young. Because <laughs> he didn't like how black Londo's hair was. Not, yeah, I'm not surprised, if I'm honest with you. Oh. Um, yeah. And they talk, uh, they talk about the, uh, they bring Londo in specifically because they want to talk, um, yeah. look at, um, look at, uh, see what the Mimbari are like. And yeah, the Earth are awful and blustered because they've just defeated their Dilgar. Yeah, uh, we could, <laughs> we could take the, um, we've handled the Dilgar okay. We handle these stupid Mimbari. Yeah. So arrogant. He's talking to General Lefcourt, who we saw in season four. I think he was the guy who said that he taught, shared, and everything he knows. Yeah. I think it's the same guy. Yolanda was like, even we never mess with them in bar. Y'all so stupid. (laughs) They won't listen. Yolanda tells them, you know, not to wake the dragon. Mm Mm-hmm. It tells the, uh, kiddos in the future that arrogance is not just a human trait. So then we skip to the Minbari. Talk, talking, talking of the kids in the future, do you know who they are? No, I don't. I didn't think to look them up. Ah, they are the, uh, niece and nephew of, um, um, uh, I'm going to bugger his name up, but who's, uh, Esther Jado, who we, who we saw oh. in, um, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember the, uh, in, back in Knives. Oh, Knives, okay, that, um, the guy who is Londo's friend, okay. Yeah, and, and oh, Londo cool. promised he would look after the family. Oh, oh, <laughs> it all ties together, he was, JMS was making a comment. Yeah. In the commentary, like, yeah, see, I told you things, but it all tied together, and so... Okay, I probably shouldn't have taken a bite while in the middle of... <laughs> I'm not editing this out, so I don't really edit much anymore. Um, <laughs> On Minbar, we have Lenon talking to... I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Collier. Mm. Sh- Excuse me for my chewing. Uh, Lenon is actually played by the same guy who played Ivanova's rabbi in TKO, Theodore Bikel. A rabbit and a boxer walking to a space station. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I should, I should point as, as I said, I originally had this, I, you know, I had this on VHS and this, I actually purchased this on, uh, YouTube to actually do this, uh, to do this review. This, okay. uh, this is actually the first time I've ever seen it to, uh, to, for the purposes of this podcast in high definition. Okay. How'd it look? There is one scene where, yeah, the CGI looks pretty kind of, Hmm, okay, I guess. But, I don't know, they're all on TNT now. Hmm. And, uh, as I said, on, on the old VHS, when it's so old grainy, you don't notice these things, but now it's, I've seen it on high def on YouTube. You know, I, I've noticed, I, you know, you notice things you've never noticed before. Yeah. These two guys, they're feeling Balin's presence. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always, I kept calling this guy Lin. I'm just gonna call him Linen. He's a beetle, maybe. Um, so he's trying to get more support for the Rangers, but he's been rejected and he wants to speak to the Grey Council. And later he's all of a sudden awoken by these people with triangles that suddenly appear in his room. Yes. He, he follows does, them. He doesn't lock the door, does he? No. <laughs> they just got a puppet. If people just showed up in my room, I'm not sure I would want to follow them, but. No, exactly. <laughs> so they get beamed up and taken to the Grey Council ship. And Londo's talking to the kids, and he tells them that he's responsible for a lot of the deaths that happen in the war. 
Um, I missed something. Okay, so uh, Lennon is speaking to the Grey Council. It says at the time of that Valen spoke of, it's upon us. The Rangers aren't ready. I think one of the Grey Council members, at least we've seen before. Mm. And of course, this scene is the first time we actually see Delan. Yeah. There's lots of dialogue explaining things for new viewers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they want to talk. Um, one of them suggests uh, contacting the Vorlons, which they think is futile. And Delan wants to send an expedition to Zaha Doom to see if the prophecy's really taking place the way Valen um, said. And the warrior caste doesn't want to go, but the religious caste says they'll go. Mm-hmm. Yep. And later, Delin and Ducat are talking, and he's going to go meditate. He said, I think there was something he said to her that sounded like something that she said to Lanier on Babylon 5. I think they mentioned it in the commentary, like, I haven't said anything or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Ducat goes into the room with, was it Kosh? And Kosh said, now it starts. Kosh 1 and Kosh 2. Yeah, Ukesh. It's like, yeah, so, it's been secretly harboring Vorlons. Well, at least Delenn didn't know. So on Earth, a very long-looking Sheridan goes to see Leftcourt. The Leftcourt wants Sheridan to go into Munbari space and see if they're hostile, but Sheridan's loyal to his captain and doesn't want to go and that's of course like fine be that way mm. the dog is staring at something oh he's looking like he hears something i was afraid somebody's gonna just walk in the front door i think it's locked so i've had people just walk into my front door versus <laughs> random people <laughs> just whoops sorry wrong place um so sheridan i mean i mean sorry on the commentary jms does admit it's a stretch that some of the people are meeting in this episode that we thought had never met before when we when they knew each other on Babylon during the se- season two, whatever, or season one. He said he had to do something. It was two in the morning. He had to figure something out. Um, oh, like, yeah, like Franklin and Sheridan going on this mission, even though it seemed like, but he said that, um, you know, if it's a classified mission, they may just not be talking about it in the open. Yeah. So Delin's discover that something was delivered in hyperspace which is dangerous and something to do with alternate atmosphere so she kind of realizes that it's probably you know Vorlon but Dukat just kind of plays it off and the Prometheus jumps into normal space what I love what I love about this particular scene is I'm not sure if you ever noticed but all the people are strapped in Oh, because of gravity. Because of zero, because they don't have their rotating sections yet. Still, so they all have to be strapped in. Oh, I didn't notice that. Cool. <laughs> they just float off somewhere. I, th- I think. That's, I th- that's, that's, at one point, I think you see a, um, a, I don't want to call it a, an iPad, but you know what I mean. Uh-huh. That, sh- uh, that um, Sheridan is using, and it, it's floating up. Okay. Well, I was taking notes while I was watching, but yeah, that's cool. Um. Hey, oh, yeah, I did notice you don't know, see people like walking around. It's <laughs> like you do on a lot of ships, yeah. Standing up. Um, so Delin, so it's kind of interspersed with Delin's ceremony to join the Great Council with the Prometheus, seeing something and wanting to go take a look, even though their orders were, you know, not to engage, not to have a first contact situation. And they're gonna go closer. Their captain is such an idiot. He's once again is like, who oh, can handle the Dilgar? Can handle these guys? I know. What what can what can, what can you say about the captain? I mean, he's in the complete and not idiot. 
Yeah, he's got that kind of southern accent, <laughs> so he just sounds more like an idiot. Oh, <laughs> hey, no, yeah, sure. Hey, southern listeners, we are. Hey, I'm from the south. You. I can say that. <laughs> we're not calling you an idiot. We're just talking, we're saying this person's an idiot. Yeah, we're just saying you sound like I'm. Saying, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, send your complaints to mail at downbelowpodcast.com. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but don't give us bad reviews on iTunes. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, yeah, the Minbari think that these are the humans they've been hearing about, and they've tried contacting them, but they don't understand the language if there's no universal translator. Uh, so, the Minbari are approaching with guns open, they're, it's the warrior cast custom, and the humans are gonna fire at will when they see that. You uh, poor person! <laughs> And in the attack, du- <laughs> yes, and, uh, um, in the attack, Ducatus kill. This is um, a lot of reused footage from Atonement, I think. Um, delay and cast the, the uh, deciding vote to follow them and kill them. This starts the holy war, the Earthman Bari War. Yeah, even though we don't see the um, um, um what we call, what we call them, can't remember what they call them. Uh, Season, season one episode. I what's called. Help me here. Um, um, soul Hunters. Oh, they'll see the Soul Hunters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Waiting for Ducat. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe there was a cutscene. <laughs> um, yeah, so Londo's telling the kiddos that this holy war could only end in the extermination of mankind. And we go back to the war. The Minbari are kicking butt, not leaving anything behind. Not responding to communications, but they're not, they're, they're leaving civilian structures alone for now. Earth hasn't won a single battle, but they need to find a way to win or the human race ends. And Sheridan's talking, I guess it's to his captain. He doesn't think that anybody's undefeatable and Sheridan's a good boy and doesn't want to go see his parents as he's needed, but captain kind of always says that he doesn't. Yeah. And then we see Ivanova get a visit from her brother Ganya before he goes off to war. And I have to say, how cute does she look with the short hair? She looks very different. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. She's got a, uh, oh yeah, it's like, so do they make her cut her hair or do they just put a wig on her? Was that a I'm wig? Assume, or? I, was, I was assuming it was a wig. I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, she wants to sign herself up when she's old enough and she gives him her earring. They won't wear it until he comes back, and we know he's not coming yeah, back. Yes. I think, yeah, in the series, yeah, she only wore one earring, right? I think so, yeah. On the commentary, they said that they thought about having a teenager come in to play Ivana because she's supposed to be, like, really young, but Claudia Christian came in all dressed up, said, it's me or nobody. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't want to argue with her. I'm, I'm and, you, I want to argue with her, I and mean, come on. No. <laughs> <laughs> And notice the walls in this room were just plain white, and they said they were so far into their budget they couldn't, they could only afford white walls. Yeah. And there is another Ivanova scene they had to cut out because of budget. Yeah. Uh, do you know how much it actually cost? I don't know. Uh, the, the, uh, apparently the movie cost about three million dollars. Oh wow. TNT ponied up some money for this. <laughs> That's compared to a normal episode of nine hundred thousand. Yeah. So almost triple the budget of a normal episode. 
Uh, so yeah, apparently this was filmed before she made a decision to leave the show if the dates, if I got my dates correct and before they filmed the deconstruction of Fallen Stars. Um, well, I know the filming ended on the 30th of June 1997, I know that. And she, I think it was around July when they made the announcement that she was leaving and in August sometime when they finished or started on deconstruction. Um, so, so yeah, so Londo is being asked by Earth for tactical and strategic support. And he doesn't want to piss off the Minbari. And they also don't want to give, you know, advanced weapons to a, you know, developing world. So, you know, so as soon as Londo says no, he goes into the other room and is talking to Jakar. Yes. <laughs> it's like, and to be honest with you, how good would it see Jakar back in his season one persona? Yeah, it was, it was, it was cute. <laughs> they said Andreas had to work a little bit to get back into that frame of mind. Yeah. The Narns have no problem selling them, you know, Centauri weapons that they got during the occupation. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, did Lando and Jakar never meet each other? I wonder if they ever. When season one starts, I'm not, I'm not sure if we know if they had met each other or not, or if they were, I don't think they were strangers. They knew of each other. Yeah. They're both ambassadors. Mm. So Dylan is getting reports from the front. She's not happy about all this, you know, even though she, um, gave the order to start the war. And they're, you know, they're kind of wondering why the, Warrior cast has embraced this war so easily now. Cause maybe it's because they like <laughs> fighting a war they know they can win. Yes, exactly. Apparently there was a part in this scene that was cut where the two men, you know, came close to fighting, but they just felt it didn't fit. Yeah. Dylan gets some kind of message and goes to meet the Vorlons for the first time. Kosh and the guy who won't ever say his name. <laughs> they show her a recording of Ducat. Where he's saying that humans are important and they need to ally themselves with the humans. Yeah, but for sure that didn't that didn't come a few weeks beforehand. That was like what took them so long. Yes. Um. Yeah, the Great War to come is what's important. So Franklin's giving a tour, I guess, of some medical facility, and he gets scolded by one of his superiors. They find out that he actually studied Minbari while he was hitchhiking across the galaxy, <laughs> mm. and. They could have used his notes to develop biological weapons, but he doesn't want to give them any of his notes and they'll get her, they arrest him. Yeah. What would you do in that sort of situation? Uh, I don't know. Your people are being exterminated, but you promise not to do harm. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's an interesting quandary. What's, yeah. what's more important, your medical oath or saving your entire species from extinction? Yeah. Um,. So Sherrod is giving a log entry. Rumor is there's some kind of ace Minbari cruiser out there destroying their ships. Could it be the Black Star? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so apparently the Minbari set some kind of trap, and Sheridan figures out it's a trap. Yeah, did you did uh, notice, uh, you'd notice in this scene that the uh, the uh, camera was off center for most for quite a lot of the scene, almost as if, almost as if it was floating. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think, is this where Ivanova's brother gets killed? I think he was sent out to take a look, or maybe there was a different guy. I don't know. I didn't write that one down. Sorry. So there are a lot of casualties, including the captain. 
And we see Delin talking to Linan, Lennon, and they want to open negotiations, and she wants him to do it because the Great Council can't do it directly. Mm-hmm. Want to arrange it through the Narns. I mean, Baria found out about this weapons deal. <laughs> Seems like it's the worst kept secret because Londo finds out about it, <laughs> then Baria find out about it. Yeah. And Sheridan comes up with a plan, and it works, and they destroy the Black Star. They mine the asteroids. Yeah, and it's a it's about. a very it's a very very good um um plan. She takes he can, uh, Sheridan takes control quite quite easy, doesn't he? Yeah, takes leadership. And everybody went along with his plan. Yeah, or they didn't have a better idea. <laughs> That's true. Um, so Londo's talking about orders with the children in the future. His orders were to prevent the Narn from getting closer to the humans, and so. Yeah, his spies found out about that mission, and he thought it was an arms shipment, so he gave the order to intercept it. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't blame Londo for this, but it was a dumb, it was a dumb thing to do. Yeah, ended up prolonging the war. Yes. So, um, oh, I think I skipped a part where, yeah, Sheridan meets Jakar and Franklin to go on this covert mission to meet with the Minbari representative, try to work things out. So when they arrive at their uh place, yeah, Jakar says, you know, they could use people like Sheridan and offers him a safe haven, but he's like, No, I'm going down with my people. And Lennon's grabbed the doctor, doctor got <laughs> taken is worthless, I'm kidding. <laughs> um they want to resolve this, but then the Centauri come and attack and Lennon is killed and Londo says in the future, um uh yeah, each side assumed it was a renegade arm of their own army that did it, but Lennon, before he dies, he gives Sheridan a message to repeat. Yeah. And on the Minbari ship, yeah, they have Franklin and what's this, Franklin and them, Franklin, Jakar, and Sheridan prisoner about to take them off, but Sheridan says, give the message, relays the message, I know what's in Dukat's sacred place, and it's, the answer is, Isilza, which means the future. And Delin says to let them go. Yeah. I wonder how they got back home. I don't know. That's, 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 well, that was <laughs> thinking. Um, so Londo says this isn't the end of the story. The greatest, uh, the greatest slaughter of all awaits. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Londo's talking. I guess this was a commercial break after the future, in the future. Uh, Londo's talking some more. Uh, he says he loves Centauri Prime. I think maybe more than he loved his wives, his four wives. Mm. <laughs> and he gets back to the war. And we see a cool little montage of him talking about how the humans fought, even though uh, they knew they were doomed, and they made them in Bari fight for every inch of space. And people were moved to tears by their courage. Um, I I love the so that's that one specific shot which I absolutely do adore, and it's on the um uh I, I'm I'm assuming it's. It's on the it's on the Mars on the red planet anyway. Yeah, the red background. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this was for two. This was going on for two years, and they didn't run out of courage, but they ran out of time. Yeah. And the president is giving an address. It looks like the Minbari will arrive at Earth any minute now. Uh, they tried to surrender, but the Minbari aren't responding. So there she's asking, the president's asking for every available ship to defend Earth while they try to evacuate people. 
And Delind and uh, them are almost at Earth. She's not happy about the idea of eliminating an entire race, but they're going to assemble the council to watch the end of the war. She goes to talk to the Vorlons who have always been there. <laughs> um, creepy. Um, <laughs> she says that she's failed and they need a reason to delay or reconsider. She wants to know what to do and they're silent. <laughs> But of course, Kosh is the nicer one, so he, in the end, says the truth points to itself, which is like, what? Yes. <laughs> Kosh being his uh, usual descriptive self. It's a little, slightly more helpful than Ulkesh, but yeah, they urge her to go before it's too late. Yeah. So then we see some stock footage from, um, of Sinclair. Well, it's not really, well, it's stock footage with new CGI. Okay. Um, and they, in the commentary, they use the excuse about not bring, able to bring him back because he was in New York and was too busy. But this was before the truth about his illness yeah. was known. Um, she, um, she wants to bring one on board. I think we've seen this before and she remembers yeah. saying the truth points to itself and yeah. they find out. You did, okay. you did miss out the, uh, great, um, president speech. Oh, where well, she was. Which is my favorite, which is my favorite bit of the, which is my, actually my personal favorite bit of the, uh, movie. Okay. <laughs> um, which is all about, uh, you know, uh, you know, stunt line and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The, that's where they got the name, the Battle of the Line. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think JMS said that was his Churchill speech, um, in the commentary. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So they find out that not only does Sinclair have a Minbari soul, but he has the soul of Valen. Yeah. So they think that Valen's been reborn in him. They don't realize it's kind of the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they have to stop the fighting, and then they put the hole in Sinclair's mind. Mm. And they're going to watch Sinclair to make sure he doesn't remember. Yeah. Which is, of course, the reason why they wanted him to be part of the command stuff at Babylon 5. That's why they put Delane on Babylon 5. Yes. Which which begs the question, we got Babylon's 1, 2, 3, and 4. Was he on the, was he going to be on the command staff for any of those? I don't know. I know, I know we meet Major Krantz and Babylon Squared and, um, board with our end, but he was a, uh, you know, he wasn't the final station commander. I don't remember. Was it one of the conditions? Babylon 5 was that, yeah, they decided he had to be commander. I think so. They vetoed some of the other people. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe the Vorlons were manipulating things because they knew that he needed to be Babylon, Babylon 5. Um, so in the future, Londo saying, you know, for 10 years, everybody wanted to know why the Minbari surrendered when they were on the brink of victory. Hmm. The kids wants to know what happened when they find out why they surrendered. And Londo said that's a story for another time. After the war ended, they decided to build the Babylon station. The humans did their last best hope for peace. <laughs> but it blew up. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Londo tells the kiddos to leave and thanks them for allowing him to see Joy one more time. <coughs> And they promise to remember him. Yep. And they ask about Sheridan Delin at the end of the story, but the story's not over yet, says Lando. Yes. 
And she, the girl finally decides to speak up and wants to know if they lived happily ever after. And Londo says that remains to be seen. Yep. They get shooed off and he asks for more alcohol, which, and then, um, he says after an hour, bring the prisoners here. And then he turns on his cable TV <laughs> and watches Dylan and Sheridan on a screen, which we saw this scene in War Without End. Oh, yeah. And he toasts the future with his old friend. So the alcohol, yeah, was to pacify the keeper. Yeah. Send the keeper asleep. Then we all know what happens after that. Yeah, we saw. So yeah, when he's, um, I can't remember which side his keeper was on because the lady who was, you know, watching over the children, like, touched him on the arm. Like, is that where his keeper is? Or is the other arm, the shoulder? I don't know. So that was the end of the movie. Yeah. Do they have any quotes? I forgot to write down quotes. Um, so look, somebody did actually leave me. A, I actually, I, I, I uh, put this on Facebook that I was going to be recording with you tonight, and actually, somebody did leave me a uh, quote on my Facebook this this, this morning. So here we are. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, arrogance and stupidity, and all the same package. How efficient? <laughs> yes, I think that might have been in the trailer. So according to IMDb, this takes place from 2245 to 2248, and on December 24, 2277, Christmas Eve. The quiet ones are the ones that change the universe. The louder ones only take the credit. Yeah. Um, yeah, hoping you're stumbling around, you do not wake the dragon. Ah, da 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 da. Um, close that stick. So, do you want to do Human and Alien of the Week? <laughs> He's our Human of the Week. Uh, I would... <laughs> no, I, I, I would about to say that stupid captain, but... Uh, but no, that would be the stupid Human of the Week, which you, which you don't do. Uh, it would ha- I think the only person I would have to say is, um, is uh, Sinclair. No, Sheldon, even. Yeah, uh, there's no Garibaldi or leader in this war there. Yeah, mm. no. No, Marcus. They could have brought back Marcus for this because we know where he was during, where he, he was, yeah, during the war. <laughs> Who's our alien of the week? Uh, oh, that's, that's, that's a difficult one. Could be Lennon. Hmm. Uh, um, could oh. be Lando. It was kind of, you know, his story. Yeah. I was going, I was, I was actually going to say Ducat. Hmm. Uh, uh, I'll find what you caught. <laughs> so do you want to rate the mover? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um ooh. I mean, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start at a point of eight and work backwards from there. Okay. Because there's a couple of problems I have with this which are which is gonna have to bring it down. Uh like for instance, you know, how you know, the fact that they the characters meet when they shouldn't have done, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so, well, uh, so I'm gonna have to, uh. Hand wave, hand wave. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I would have to, so I'm gonna start at eight. So I'm gonna have to bring it probably down to a six. Um, so yeah, so I have to, I'm gonna have to give this six. Six holy wars. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Um, yeah, I don't buy JMS's explanation for how these people are meeting. Yeah. <laughs> before we. Before they met, um, there was a lot of, you know, rehash, but I guess it's good to get, um, people up to speed on the series. I'm not sure we learned a lot of, learned anything important. Yeah. We already knew a lot of it if you've been watching 
I guess if you watched this before you saw the series, yeah, you learned a lot. But it was entertaining. Um, I'll give it, I'll give it eight out of ten. Uh, <laughs> eight out of ten. Uh, mysterious four lines, something. <laughs> yeah. So let's take off to feed backland. <laughs> um, in the black star before it blows up. <laughs> so you have a comment. From Nick from the UK. So I haven't heard from Nick in a while. This is where I, this, at this point in the podcast, so I sit back and relax because you have all the feedback. I have nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a little light this week. It's fine. Nick says, To me, this is the only good B5 movie, and I love it. Yes, there are a few inconsistencies, but overall, it's a great movie. I just hope you all like it too. Thank you, Nick. I think you should come on the show. It's the last season. Yes, you should. <laughs> um, next is from Lori and Carl. I don't have it all neatly prepared like I normally do, so I'm having to pull it up right now. Um, they say, hello, ambassadors, commanders, and Shane. Hello. <laughs> we are excited to get back to this after the hiatus, and we both enjoyed the movie more than I had expected, given that it trots back over previous events. There are maybe some continuity issues. At the beginning, there was a lot of, this is for new view, this is for viewers who are new to the show. It was great seeing Londo look so young. Carl thought they did quite a good job with that. He really gives the humans good advice and seems like quite the diplomat. I wonder how much of the story is colored by Londo's recollection and interpretation of events, the biased narrator. His recollection really makes the humans seem very idiotic. <laughs> yeah, they were. On Minbar, Carl wondered why the Minbari was not sleeping on a slant. Yeah, I noticed that too. The bed was like normal. The planet looks pretty cool. Maybe a bit higher budget for special effects. We get the Ethan Rain Minbari back. Carl likes Dukat and is glad to see him again. It is interesting to see Delin being the acolyte and having to deal with the mentor who says mysterious things and gives speeches. <laughs> and we see how she is learning to do that as well. Needless to say, Carl is very excited when we see Kosh, but not so much the anti-Kosh. It was interesting to notice that the magic triangle glowed when Delenn touched it. As so now we all know the significance of that. We get a very young Sheridan as well. Look at his hair. <laughs> the Prometheus's captain was very foolish, given that humans have no idea about the extent of Minbari technology. If Sheridan had been there, what would he have done? We finally see the fire at will command, <laughs> and we see poor King Arthur. Wait, he was there? I didn't notice. Um, I didn't notice. Well, never mind. We'll talk about that next week. Um, we get a young Ivanova. She looks very cute, like a little kid, not as hard and sad. Jakar looks the same, but is rather conniving. By contrast, Lando is young and optimistic and reasonable. We get to see Delin meeting Kosh. That message from Ducat was a little late. Oops, they needed texting. Sheridan seemed very different as a young officer asking the approval of the crew for his maneuver. It was interesting to see how he did bring down the Black Star. Quotes, Lando, uh, the one about quiet ones taking down the, uh, changing the universe. Um, what do you want? He did far better with that question than I did. How strange you have come so far and want so little. Kosh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And also, the truth points to itself. Lori's rating, 7 out of 10 children's stories. Alien, Londo, human, Ivanova, as she was so cute. 
Carl's ratings, three triangles. <laughs> Alien of the movie, Kosh. Human communications officer on the Lexington. General comments, unimpressed by the Black Star. It looked like a regular cruiser. There should have been a difference since it was their flagship. Um, I don't know. The Enterprise was the flagship. It didn't look that special from the outside, at least. <laughs> um, it was good how they worked in so many details from the past, but it was a bit heavy handed. You re- you can really tell the cuts between the new footage and the old. The pacing was a little off, but the Londo segments worked well to move it along. The bit at the end with Londo watching Sheridan and Delin was unnecessary. It could have ended with Londo saying to bring in the prisoners. It was very good to see Kosh and fake Kosh, Carlos naming him Balder Splat, enjoy their trademark mysteriousness. Was not overly impressed with Sheridan's performance. Best performance was Jakar. It was good to see Ivanova in the short segment. It went to show how much she changed due to her brother dying in the war. What would Sinclair do? He would have reshot all that old footage, all his old footage. Finally, the kids were better than expected. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Lori and Carl. Um, that's all the, uh, that's all the feedback for this week. That's mail. I think it's been a while since I've said this, but mail at down below podcast. If you want to send in feedback, I know we have some new listeners that have just started listening. Oh, comments are welcome. Uh, this is where we would normally do predictions. I don't know if Heidi and Beth are going to do predictions. Um, but the next episode, the start of this fifth season, the fifth season is titled The Wheel of Fire. Is that it? Yes, it is. Is it? Is it? And the, I think it I is. Think so. Okay. <laughs> Wheel of Fire, which I think Ring of Fire is going to be our theme for season snow. <laughs> Kidding. Um, the first episode is called No Compromises, and we will meet the, oh, well, maybe I should, well, we're going to meet the mysterious Captain Lockley, whoever he or she might be. <laughs> I think there will be at least one WTF moment in that episode for any new viewers. But we'll see. All right. So, Shane, thanks for coming in. Thanks for all the guest appearances and filling in for people you've done over the years. My pleasure. My pleasure. I, I should, we should really put this out on the podcast, really. I put it on the Facebook. Uh, war. This report, I have guested about, what, 13, 14 times over the past couple of years on this podcast. Wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. so this will probably be, probably be my last time on this podcast. Oh, well, so it's always great to I want to thank you, Will, and everybody else involved in the podcast for having me on. Yeah. I should talk to a veteran Babylon 5 fan. Yeah. So do you have anything you're working on right now? Uh, I'm working uh, on, I'm going to be getting a new intro cast out next month on Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Dark Place. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, well, that is all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next time with no compromises. But until then, goodbye. Bye-bye, everyone. Drug off. <laughs> Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast. 